Hello, Chelsea fans, and welcome back to the Roman's Empire podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everybody else. I'm here joined with Sam. Uh, Sam is a little bit sick today, so I think you're going to keep the talking to a minimum, huh? Yeah, I don't want to torture the listeners at home with this hoarse voice, but, you know... All 25 listeners. Yeah, unfortunately, they're going to have to miss out on the, you know, humor and wit from me, and but um, as long, you know... I'm sure they're going to be at a You'll loss. make up for it with the good looks, but... I don't know how much that's going to yeah. help for a podcast, but still. It won't help at all. But... Just take, take my word. Zach's a good-looking guy. Anyways, <laughs> like I said, we talk Chelsea and we talk shit about everyone else. So speaking of shit, we're going to be discussing Arsenal this week. Um, we're going to give our predictions for them for the rest of the season. And we're also going to talk about the incoming of Antonio Rudiger, which seems to, pick, seems to have picked up a lot of um, steam this past couple weeks. So... Before we do that, we got to talk about the latest news, right? And yeah, I think I think the best way to ask this question is what the fuck is going on right now? And that's literally what we have it titled as, as on our scripts because so seriously, like what the fuck? Is going this on? whole off season has been, you know, tied behind the fact that we're going to get Lukaku this summer. He's going to be our premier striker for next year. And it looks like out of nowhere over the weekend that allegedly Lukaku's heading to Old Trafford, agreeing to seventy-five million pound transfer fee. Apparently, yeah, two hundred thousand a week. Do, do you do you buy this rumor that's going around? So I'm I'm still kind of in between on this. So there's two ways of looking at it. There's you know the logical way and saying okay, Manu has a lot of money. They're building up a decent squad next year. Why? Who? Who wouldn't want to play there right now? Which is, I mean, that's logical from a non-biased standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's, you know, and maybe we did drop the ball. Maybe we didn't put in a bid in time, or maybe our offer wasn't as enticing. But whatever. So there, then there's the other, the other way of looking at it, and and this is kind of what I'm leaning towards. So, you know, people have been giving the board a lot of stick for for not backing Conte and and, and pulling the trigger on a lot of these deals. Well. I don't think it's a secret that that Lukaku isn't Conte's first choice as a striker to begin with. You don't think so? I mean, his goal scoring ability is 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 ridiculous. Like, right? Like, like the guy cuts it in the Premier League, hands down. Mm-hmm. But you know, people do call him a flat track bully. He only scores against small teams, which you know that could you know that could be a theory to you or it could be a fact i mean it's yeah, kind of take it how you he does tend to appear lazy at sometimes on the field as yeah, well yeah 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 of course so i mean i mean from that respect you know he doesn't really suit conte's style now you know i could see like a Morata or a Bolotti type player those would be the more obvious fits for our system so maybe this is a case of the board backing conte i mean mm-hmm. maybe maybe man you put in a bid everton accepted it and the board said you know what 75 million is a lot of money. I think it's better spent somewhere else. Do you think Lukaku will be able to lead the front line at Man United? 100%. Yeah. 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 I I mean, I think that's, I think that's, uh, it's hard to, it's going to be hard to be an elite striker on that team and not bang in, you know, somewhere between 15 and 20 goals a season. Yeah. Um, especially now, you know, if Mourinho is looking for another center mid, so that's going to push Pogba a little bit higher up the pitch, right? Yeah, definitely. He's going to be playing a lot closer to whoever the striker is going to be. And if that's going to be Lukaku, I mean, man, that's some good chemistry going on there. So how badly is Chelsea going to be hurt by this, you think? 
<laughs> Chelsea fans are going to be hurt by this. Man. Yeah, it definitely hurts more me. than any more more than anyone mm-hmm. more than anyone. Like, like you, you're a Chelsea fan, you know, just like me. You're waiting for that marquee signing, right? And like, I I know we go into this a little bit later, but this kind of this kind of hurts, you know. Like, this is someone that we've been tipped to get for a long time. Like, I'm I, I know a lot of people don't really rate Lukaku, and some overrate him. I'm kind of in the middle. Like, it would have been great to have him. I think there's other options I could do just as well. But, man, like, it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, really, who's, whose fault do you think this is that we didn't end up getting him? Uh, if, if if he ends up going to Maine. Okay. So, so the, you know, and this is another thing. Like, his agent's Mino Raiola. For those of you that don't know, I mean, this is arguably the most notorious agent in soccer. You know, it, same agent as Paul Pogba. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this could be him bringing his two clients together. I mean, they're, dude, they're homies. Like, like, like they hang out all the time. They were with each other on the Fourth of July, you know, this past week. So that's not far fetched. Pogba and Lukaku. Pogba and Lukaku. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were hanging out with Sergi Baca too. It's <laughs> kind of weird. But um, sick crew. So I mean, so there's that. Also, Man U has a lot of money, and they're a destination club. Like as much as this is a Chelsea podcast, and Sam, I know you fucking hate Man United more than <laughs> anyone in the world, right? Yeah. Especially after this, I know you hate Man United. Oh yeah. But they're a destination team. I mean, who 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 wouldn't want to go take their career to Old Trafford? I mean, it's you know, it's it's going to be a hard move to turn down on his part. Now, then there's also the part that I said. Maybe the board is backing Conte. Maybe he's not first on the list. Yeah, because I mean, $75 million doesn't that seem like Chelsea would be able to put up a little bit more than that to get him? Like, This is, you know, with with this whole situation in general, it was rumored, you know, last summer and even beginning of this summer before this deal was allegedly struck, right? That Lukaku was going to be near a hundred million. Yeah, seventy-five mil seems like a bargain. There, there's mm-hmm. no way Everton's going to go out there and say, "Oh yeah, the very first bid we get from Man United for seventy-five million, we're going to take it." I mean, it's interesting. They're losing out on twenty-five million. I mean, there's other clubs that'll pay more money for Lukaku. That's the thing. Who knows? Maybe it's a tactic by Everton to, you know, try to get Chelsea to raise its asking price for it, or. That's offer for him, but that's what I'm leaning towards. Now, yeah. like, like I said, like I still don't really know what to think of this situation, right? Because like it's such a mind fuck, and mm-hmm. that's the only real way to put it. But, um, I, I, it could be a tactic, but at the same time, it could be Everton moving Lukaku to Man United to make room for Wayne Rooney. I mean, Rooney yeah. might be going back the other way. It's you know, I mean, that's kind of like a farewell tour. It's not really. I don't know. We don't know how much Rooney is actually going to contribute to Everton next year. It's possible, but yeah, I mean, it could I mean, be just a farewell tour kind of thing. Like exactly, you know, it it could it could be like a you know, it could be the beginning of a good business relationship at least this summer between Man United and Everton. I mean, they already sold off Morgan Schneiderlin last summer. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, if this whole Lukaku to Man United thing comes to fruition, they have good business relations between each other. Man U's not going to have a problem sending Rooney back to Everton for a cut price on Lukaku. You know, that seems very logical, from at least from a business standpoint. But, you know, like, I'm just so done talking about this, and I'm so done thinking about it. I, I'm kind of waking up every morning, looking at my phone now, hoping that the deal's going to be official, mm-hmm. just so we can move on. Because Chelsea fans have such a good habit or such a bad habit of of 
lingering and 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 regretting these types of things. So this pretty much means that all deals are off for sending Matic to United, right? Oh, dude, a hundred and ten percent. Like, we're not gonna sell them if they hijack Lukaku from us, right? I mean, it is a hijacking, right? <laughs> like, there's there's no other way around it. Like, no way. There's no way we sell Matic to to Man United now. Why should we? Why why should we give them the players they want? They took one of ours. Why would we give them another one? You know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't make sense at this point. I mean, we're no. helping out a no. team that just got stronger, that hurt our chances of being stronger. But, I mean... This is going to hurt transfer relations between the two clubs for a really long time. And I'm not talking about sending one player to another club. I'm talking about if they're both pursuing the same guy. Oh, yeah. Who's from yeah. an outside club or a different league. That's that's going to be huge, and that's something to keep an eye on in the couple, you know, in the coming transfer windows. I, it's it's something very interesting because Mourinho and Conte they do have an eye for a very similar type of player. You know, they love versatility. They love guys that can play multiple positions. They love guys with high energy, and they also do play counterattacking style too. So that's something to look at. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, Chelsea fans, we got to start looking towards life without Lukaku and how next season is going to look. You know, he was supposed to be that big name that we're supposed to sign this summer. Clearly, you know, we're still expecting some sort of big signing at the striker position. 100%. Who else could Chelsea target that would give the fans the same satisfaction of Lukaku? So in terms of striker, there's a couple names that pop to mind. But for me, I have three that that I'm looking at. The first one, um, and this is this is a, I'm just gonna tell you right now, like I'm I'm seriously man crushing over this dude after doing my research and finding you know and and looking into him and his game, he's literally perfect for our system and it's Belotti from um from Torino. Twenty two years old, twenty six goals and seven assists and thirty five appearances in the Serie A this season. I mean that speaks for itself. The guy's a the guy's a proven goal scorer, and 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 he doesn't only score one type of goal, which is what I like about him. He scores different types of goals. He doesn't really have a surefire weakness. Um, you know, this is a guy who's high energy. He's fast. He has a lot of pace. He's strong. He can hold off defenders. You know, he scores goals in the six yard box. He scores goals from around the penalty area. He can score goals from outside of the box. Seven assists isn't shabby either. Mm-mm. I mean, if you're really breaking down these numbers, right? You got about. 33 direct contributions to goals and 35 appearances. So you can basically count on them to do something every single game. Um, and I like the idea of having an Italian. I mean, it's pretty obvious that Conte is going to want someone like this, right? Yeah. Um, and Chelsea does have a history of success with Italians. Oh, definitely. Mean, Zola, Di Matteo, Viali, Cudicini, right? Like, yeah, we're friends with the Italians, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know... Th- th- it just seems like a match made in heaven to have a player like this on the squad. Now, what do you think the chances are that this was just an outlier season? You know, he's a young guy. We've seen one great year out of him. There's the downside. Yeah. And he nailed it on the head. You know, he's done it for one season. Is this a breakout season or is this a bluff? Which I think it's it's very likely that this could be a breakout season. I mean, you don't put up 26 goals, 7 assists by accident. No, no, no. It, you know, it's different if you score a hat trick here and there and you know like uh, the only person that kind of comes to mind like that's Balotelli where like, mm-hmm. you know, he has like two or three great seasons and then completely falls off, you know, the whole entire planet, right? Yeah. But 
you know, I, I think this guy's a real deal. I really do. You know, he's highly rated in Italy. Um, a lot of managers seem to rate him, and the club seems to rate him as well. I mean, they set an $88 million release, release clause on his contract. Yeah. So that ties in with another downside. I mean, it's a lot of money. So if we go after Belotti, uh, who's $88 million transfer, sorry, $88 million euro transfer fee, right? Mm-hmm. Which would be... How many pounds around 70? I'm not sure how many pounds. It's, it's, probably it's, like it's, it's close to it's, it's close to the amount that Lukaku is going to be asked for. Give or take. Is yeah. this is this kind of Conte and the board's way of saying that they have more faith in this guy than in Lukaku going forward? If they go out For our him? team especially? I mean, I, well... Yeah, they, it's a similar asking price, and if we're going to... It's kind of it's kind of irrelevant at this point. I mean, if the Lukaku thing does go through, we have to target someone else. And yeah. I, I I personally don't think um, you know a lot a lot of people are linking Morata to as to be you know our plan B. I don't really rate Morata as much as I rate Belotti. Really? Um, okay. No, no. You know. Yeah, let's get into if you want to get into Morata, let's talk a little bit about him. I mean, he's very similar to Belotti in terms of work rate, right? Like he fits his tactics. The tactical setup works perfectly to have Morata leading the front line. Yeah, he's well suited. He's, he's energetic. He never stops running. He harasses defenders. He's strong. He can hold up play. He makes decent runs inside the box. But I'm not sure he could be prolific in the Premier League. Like 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 that's a big big question mark for me. Um you know, I, I did talk about how I don't like, you know, Lukaku's work ethic, you know, off the ball on the defensive end. I mean, this is something I love in Maratha, but on the flip side, Lukaku's goal scoring, you know, kind of out, it, it kind of outshines his lack of, you know, defensive work, right? Mm-hmm. With Maratha, if you're not scoring goals and you're putting in defensive work, you know, like you could still put in a shift occasionally. You could mm-hmm. get by, like kind of like what we did with Fernando Torres, as much as I hate to say it. Yeah. But I have a feeling it's going to be a Fernando Torres situation. I don't think he could be prolific in the Premier League. Well, those two names have been people that we've been rumored with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know you got another name on here that you feel would be a good fit, but there hasn't been any rumors about it. But still, you want to go into it a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So... I put I, and this is if this happens, I'll be so. This is like so a dream pleased. scenario. Yeah, of course, dream I would scenario. love this. Again, there's no, there's not rumors about this. This is just something that we're thinking about. Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, baby, and that is a name that has not been linked to Chelsea enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, if this guy really is on the market, you're talking about an elite striker who's proven season after season. He's arguably top three in the six yard box. In terms of movement, I mean, this guy, he doesn't get enough credit for being a poacher because a lot of people talk about his pace and athleticism, but it, it just pure goal scoring ability, being in the right place at the right time, it'll be the most like for like switch with Diego Costa. And he doesn't really have the same question mark that Belotti has, you know, no. he's, he's proven himself year after year and yeah, yeah, now yeah. we know he is the real deal. He is the real deal. And, and you know, if we go after someone like this, I mean, you're going to be looking around probably the same price as we would get from Belotti, right? Mm-hmm. 70 or 80 million. Um, you know, it's funny because in my opinion, the least the least attractive striker on this list is Murata and he's priced the highest at 90 million. Mm-hmm. And that's why, and that's why man, you what you know, that's why they started pursuing Lukaku. I mean, that's just too much money for a striker like that with a bombing. You know exactly what you're getting. I mean, this is a guy that could come right into the premier league and he's going to, and he could bang in 20 goals. I think he could. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it'll be a name that it, it'll be a name that I really hope pops up in the transfer rumors. 
But again, is this somebody that we're really going to pursue or are we living in fantasy land? Because with, you know, especially the last couple summers, we've been living in fantasy land with some of these transfer rumors. Mm -hmm. But how badly does missing out on Lukaku hurt our chances of repeating as a title? That's that's a good question, right? So there's two fronts to look on to to look at next season. There's, you know, how we do on a European stage and how we do domestically, right? Mm-hmm. Domestically, Lukaku's proven. If he was to come into Chelsea, he would be able to score 20 goals. Um he's he's he scored that much at Everton. At Everton, right? So like this is a team that's not half as good as we are. Um so Premier League, yeah, we'll probably repeat if we have him, if we get him. Mm-hmm. Um Champions League, inexperience, you know, he hasn't really played in it. Um, we've seen how he's performed at the Euros and at the World Cup. He's okay. He's not great, you know, in, in, in big, big-time big tournaments when a spotlight's on him. But I still – I just don't know where I stand on this. I mean, it's, it's just not escaping my mind. Yeah, I think if we can nab Murata, I think that he could fill in that role enough to make up for that loss. I mean, it's definitely going to be hard keeping it with Man United getting better like this. That's going to hurt our chances, but yeah, you know. but yeah, but you know, you said he could plug up the hole. So is he a, you don't spend 90 million for a stop gap. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. If you're going to go out and spend 90 million, you're, you you want to get a guy that's going to be at your club for five, six, seven years playing at an elite level, being the best player on your squad. I mean, there's no other way around it. It's not like we're going out and spending twenty twenty five. Yeah. And be like, oh, we can do this for a season, and let's pursue someone next year. No, it's this is the complete opposite of that. We need someone that's going to come in, and that's going to bang in twenty goals a season plus. I'm excited for Belotti too, but I think we have enough right now of young guys with potential, and I think that this season we need someone with a proven track record who's consistent. So then, I'll, I'll, still, still, I mean. So then, it would be Aubameyang. I mean, yeah, I mean, that would be unanimous. In a perfect world, it's Aubameyang. I would hope, but the only thing going against him is really his age. I mean, he only has like another probably three years of elite. That's fine. Know, elite soccer before he starts to drop off in terms of performance. But speaking of performance, someone who I don't see their performance dropping off for a while, and Zach, you and I watched them play in the Confederations Cup. Antonio Rudiger. For Germany, the center back. Oh yeah, we we supposedly agreed to a deal with Roma to get him and four million. Yeah, supposedly he's uh, due for a medical sometime. Uh, the beginning of preseason training on on Monday. So, yeah. uh, what does the German bring to Chelsea? The German? Um, yes. He he refines he refines our back line, and and what I what I mean by that is athleticism ball playing ability and versatility right so i mean those are the real big things that you look at when you're playing with a back three in terms of center backs um he, this guy he's fast he could jump he's physical he's strong um he, he'll be able to handle the uh the physicality of the premier league mm-hmm. but he'll also be technical enough to play in a conte back yeah. three you know all of these things that you've said these are all of you know the same things that we talked about Kurt Zuma last week. Yeah. But we also agreed that he doesn't really fit in in our system. Why do you think that 
that Rudiger would be any different. Rudiger is very interesting because he's so similar to Kurt Zuma in almost every single aspect except the ball playing ability. Mm-hmm. So like that's my main criticism of Zuma, right? And and I said it time and time again. And like I love the guy to death, and I really hope he succeeds here. But you know he he has such a terrible first touch. It's such a heavy foot, right? Yeah. So. With Rudiger, he's a lot more refined. He's more polished in that sense. Um, he could play out of the back. He could play long balls. He could control, you know, he he could control a, a a tough ball coming in at an awkward angle. Something that Zuma is a little bit shaky with. Now, don't get me wrong, Zuma could do it, right? Um, we've seen Zuma deputize at center back, and he's a phenomenal. Um, but bringing in Rudiger is just going to give us a little bit more depth, especially with you know Nathan Ake and JT leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think it gives us. It it also allows us to to shift Azpilicueta out out to a right back to yeah. play as that wing back. Um, I think that's going to be huge for us, especially in the Champions League. I'm going with someone that's a little bit less flashy as a wing back, which which would be Azpilicueta, someone more solid, defensively sound. Yeah, I'd love that. Um, as opposed to Victor Moses, who's more you know gung ho going forward and you know uh, playing risky balls, making risky runs, and things like that. Um, I think that's going to help us a lot in Champions League. He definitely helped anchor that back line for Germany and for Roma last season. Who? Oh yeah. You know they they for spurts they played with a three back formation just like here yeah. in Chelsea. So how do you think that'll help him fit into Conte's system? Um, it's going to be easy for him to slot in. Like you said, um, Roma played a back three at times. Um, Germany played a back three this past Confederations Cup where Rudiger played almost every game. Um. He could fit on the left, on the right. He could play up the middle. Um, but what's also interesting is that he's he's also played at wing back at times. Now, like he's not the typical wing back that you're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, typically you look for someone who's about you know five ten, between five ten and six feet, who can get up and down, who could play the ball, who could shoot, who could cross, who could dribble players. You know, Rudiger doesn't have a lot of that in his locker. But he could deputize there, and when we're shutting things down, if he's on the bench, Conte will give him Conte will give him a shout. Conte has been targeting him since since he came to Chelsea, and you know there's been a lot of talks this summer. Chelsea fans were getting their hopes up about bringing in Van Dyke, bringing in Benucci, bringing <clears throat> bringing in Kalubali. But you know we got our we got our hopes up, and we didn't get any of them guys, any of those guys. But you know, Conte really liked this guy from the beginning. Do you trust him or do you want to go back to what what we were hoping for at this beginning? Um, well, I know when we when we first started this pod, our very first episode, we talked about Van Dyke and Benucci and yeah. how either of those guys would have been a wet dream in our back three, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're living in fantasy land again. So the Chelsea fans tend, Chelsea tend to fans do that a lot. tend to do that a lot. And, you know, it's a recurring theme, but it's true. I mean, you know, remember a couple of years ago we were supposed to get Messi? When Messi was uh when Messi was negotiating his I never his new believed contract. it, but, uh, but, but, but I was like, excited. Yeah, that was but, exciting but, to think about. No, but the thing is, there's rumors and they don't go away, and that's mm-hmm. the whole point. I mean, you know, we have to manage our expectations at times. I never thought Benucci was was realistic. I don't think he'll leave Juve, and if he leaves Juve, he's stupid if he doesn't go to one of Real or Barca. Um, Van Dyke already said he wants to play for Liverpool, so. You know, it does kind of make sense, and I guess I, I guess you know I'm guilty of it as well as a lot of other Chelsea fans thinking we are going to get Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. But why would you pursue a guy that openly expressed his interest to join a rival? No, I definitely agree with that. Um, Koulibaly is someone that Conte's been linked with a lot. 
We haven't really heard a lot about him this summer, though. Um, maybe he's, you know, negotiating a contract. Maybe he wants to stay at Naples. Um, you know, that's 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 up for interpretation. But like you said, this is a guy that Conte's been targeting since he came to Chelsea, right? Mm-hmm. This is a trust trust the manager. We have no reason not to trust him. He knows exactly what player he's looking for, and we're getting a German international for thirty four million who's twenty four years old. You know, put that into context, and that's a bargain. Context is that was that a, a pun intended? That was the worst Conte. pun in the world, probably. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> uh, but seriously, I mean, you you have to trust Conte in a situation like this. He's gonna go out and he's gonna buy a player. He knows exactly what he wants. Now we got Andreas Christensen returning. Oh yeah, we got Kurt Zuma not willing to go on loan to any team. He wants to stay. How do you think Rudiger is going to factor into our back three now? Is he going to start? Um, like I said, I do think we're going to play a back three with all natural center backs in Europe. Um, I think Aspilicueta will go to right wing back. Um, but for the league, I think our back three is going to stay the same. I think it'll be Cahill, Aspi, and David Luiz. So I mean, do you think that that would be our strongest back line? Like, tell me, in your opinion, our strongest back line possible with all these additions and what we currently have. You mean what I would play with on FIFA right now? <laughs> that is, that's exactly what I'm asking. Okay. FIFA. Um, no, I mean, I mean, realistically speaking, you know, at the end of the season, including your wing backs. It, at the end of this season, what I expect and, and, and what I would do if I was manager, um, what I think our strongest back line would be is Alexandra on the left. Um, please, God, pull the trigger on that move. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'd have Alexandra on the left. I'd probably have either Rudiger or Christensen playing as a left center back. David Luiz in the middle. And I would move Cahill over to the right side as his natural foot. Yeah, it's, there's it's some other news that came in this yeah. morning. Alexandro apparently agreed to terms with PSG on a. No, so. I don't. He didn't agree to terms. So what happened is PSG puts in a bid and yeah. they matched Chelsea's bid. No, it's up to Alexandro whether he wants to go there or not. He didn't agree to terms with us or PSG. No, Juve, right. Juve put a new contract on the table, and he said no. Um, he wants to think about it. Chelsea's. Chelsea's going to be able to offer him more money. PSG will be able to offer probably even more than whatever we're putting out there. Mm-hmm. But um, in a perfect world, he does come here. Man, like, I don't know what the holdup is with him. Like, I know this is kind of going off script right now, but, like, I really don't understand the holdup in some of these transfers. I mean, preseason, start, pre-season training starts on Monday. You want these guys in before then, right? Yeah. I, Baki, how long has it been? How long have we been linked with Bakioko now? About a month. Mm-hmm. Alexandro, same thing. Like we need to get these wheels in motion. These guys need to be at the club. They need to get acquainted with the club, and they need to start training with the first team and with the manager. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, I, I really don't get the holdup. It's 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 kind of ridiculous in a sense. Like you know, if if it's a matter of finding the right bargaining price, then fine, so be it. But it shouldn't take a month to do that. I mean, you got agents, you got multiple people working on it. You have a full transfer committee for Chelsea working on finding possible transfers or transfer solutions if we can't get, you know, plan A or B. I, I don't get the holdup. I think, I, you know, I'm not going to go out there and say Emanalo out and criticize, you know, everybody in the, in the Chelsea hierarchy. But, I mean, this is getting kind of ridiculous. We're seeing all of our title rivals make moves. Yeah, that, and, that, and move their and and move their teams in the right direction. If everyone was being stagnant, it would it would cause less issue for me. But when you're seeing 
all of the other teams in the league making moves and Chelsea kind of standing there with their hands in yeah. their pockets. I mean, we've never what's seen, going on? We've never seen, you know, the top six or seven, you know, however you want to put it, yeah, they're really make close. this many moves. And they're really close. I haven't seen it this close, like competitively in a long time yeah, either. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be an interesting season. But, but, you know, my like I said, my frustration comes from the lack of signings. You know, Chelsea fans are begging, begging for somebody. And no, we're not talking about Willie Caballero, who I think is a, is is a good signing for a backup goalkeeper, especially mm-hmm. if he's free. But come on, man! Like, get them, get the wheels moving on some of these things. Conte knows who he wants, so fucking get him. Go out and get him. Yeah. Do whatever you have to do to get those guys and bring them into the club. They're, like I said last week and the week before, and I'm going to keep repeating this until these moves get done. We have no reason not to trust Antonio Conte. There's it, it literally baffles me to think that some people would would doubt Conte's ability, you know, moving forward. Yeah, until he gives me a reason to not trust him, I'm fully behind him 100 percent I'm with you, Zach. Yeah, man, it's just it's it's unreal. So we talked a little bit about what other teams have been doing to improve themselves. Let's get a little bit more into depth with one of those teams in particular. So last week we talked about Man United. Yep. How your favorite. My favorite. And now we're gonna talk about my second favorite this week, Arsenal. They've had a busy transfer window so far this summer. Um signing Lacazette. Um they've also Col- signed Colasinac. Yeah, yes. So what do you think of those improvements so far? Let's start talk let's talk about those two players and how they'll fit in with Arsenal. Okay, so before I start this segment, I just want to say fuck Arsenal, right? Like, All right, yeah, let's get that out of the let's way. Get the, yeah, I, I mean, every time you bring up their name, I kind of like throw up it a mm-hmm. little bit. So I'm just going to go and, you know, be a little unbiased here. I think they're making decent moves. Um, Kolasinac was on a free, and, you know, that's someone that could play left or right wing back. He brings pace, but another thing he brings to the team that is huge and something that Arsenal doesn't have is that grit. He's he's blue he's a blue collar guy and mm-hmm. you need and you need guys like that to win. Ar- Arsenal lately, especially Wenger, you know, he goes out and he buys these all these fluffy players with you know, with flicks and tricks and you know, not the most physical bunch ever, right? Mm-hmm. But he goes out and gets this guy on a free. I think that's a bargain. Um, Alexander Lacazette for fifty three million, that's huge. That's yeah. going to be very big for them. But they they had a void at that striker's role they for do. a long time. Yeah, but, but this is where this is where I get really hopeful as a Chelsea fan, right? Mm-hmm. Because they go out and spend fifty three million on Alexander Lacazette. He can't even get ahead of Giroud in the French team, <laughs> and they're true, spending yeah. fifty three million on him. So like, is he really an upgrade on Giroud? I don't really know. Like like that 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 still remains to be seen, but. You know, will he improve the squad? For sure. The nice thing about getting Lacazette for them is that he gives them versatility. It's a different type of striker. You know, he's he's kind of he's kind of in between an Alexis Sanchez and Sergio Aguero mold. You know, if we're talking poor man's mm-hmm. Alexis Sanchez, Sergio Aguero. Yeah. Um, he's going to improve the team, but like I said, there's always that grace period when you're coming in from a foreign league to the Premier League, especially mm-hmm. as a striker who's not very big like Lacazette. Yeah. Um Yeah, in the Premier League, I mean you don't see as many as those the small, smaller, quicker None of them striker. hit the ground running yeah. as much. Yeah. It's yeah. usually the bigger, more physical guys that mm-hmm. could come in and, you know, do well their first year. Um 
But yeah, I mean, I mean, I, th- I do like him, although I don't like him anymore. Like, now he's an Arsenal. I like, I like the addition. Yeah, I think it's a good addition to their team. But I still hate Arsenal, and yeah. I still don't think that that's gonna. It's not gonna make or break their title challenge this season. How many goals do you think Lacazette will score this year? Um, hopefully none. <laughs> um, no, but 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 really, you think he'll get to the twenty mark or no? no? No, no, I think the twenty mark is shooting is shooting for the stars. I mm-hmm. mean, like I said, he is a he is a a, a proven goal scorer in the French league. Was it, yeah, and he scores different, different types game. of goals, but it is a different game. I'm I'm gonna say somewhere between like, um, I'm gonna go with between ten or fifteen. I'm gonna say somewhere around like the twelve or thirteen mark. I probably. think that's. I think that's. I'll, I'll probably go with the same prediction as you. I mean, working in, he's he's definitely he's not gonna be the number one striker coming in on. I don't think, but oh, if you're spending fifty three million, he's gonna jump right into that starting eleven. All right, well, we'll see how that happens, and I, I think I think twelve thirteen is probably a good number. Yeah, but, um, but that's that would where the the over under really set you know, at. If he scores twelve or thirteen, I'll probably be happy. Because for fifty three million, you mm-hmm. could go out and buy a striker that's going to score you fifteen to twenty. Um, but if he gets you know twelve or thirteen or even you know fourteen mm-hmm. at at best, I'll still be happy. That's not going to win them the title. They still suck. Yeah, they so still I mean, have a lot of work to do. Yeah, I mean those those are the two players that are coming in. That I think their their biggest worry are the players that might be leaving. You know, there was been rumored Alex Oxley Chamberlain, Hector Bellerin, Ozil. As well as Lexi Sanchez, we don't really know what's going to happen with them the next couple of years. No, we don't know what's going to happen with them next year, even. Yeah, so. I mean, Alexi Sanchez, I think, is the the biggest point on this. There's been rumors that he's going to be going to Man City. Yeah, they just came out this morning. Actually, you know, I mean, the, the I think the other alternate for Arsenal would be to have Alexi Sanchez, you know, play this year. And then at the end of the year, Wenger's probably going to let him walk without, you know, without a chance no, or fee at all. You want to get something for him. Exactly. If he's going to leave, you want to get something for him. Yeah, and, and better get him out of there sooner rather than later. And now, I mean, if you're looking at it from Lexi's point, uh, uh, Alexi Sanchez's point of view, he wants to get out of there sooner or later. He's going to be 30. Mm-hmm. He needs to win now. I mean, this is the last year his body's going to be in peak shape, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this is th- this is funny. So like last year we saw him throwing his little bitch fit and you know shenanigans on the sideline. I'd do the, the same field, if right? I played for Arsenal. I'd do the uh, same yeah, exact thing. I actually have a lot of sympathy for Alexis <laughs> Sanchez because as much as I hate Arsenal, I find it really hard to hate him as a player. Yeah, he's he's my dad's favorite player in the world right think, now. He loves him. But. I I think I think it ties in with you know like a little bit of that Chilean fire, that South American flair that you know a lot of those players have. Like mm-hmm. look at like the Chilean national team. You know, you watched him in Confederations Cup. You watched him last season in the um, in the Copa America. Mm-hmm. They're a fun team to watch. Oh, yeah. They're kind of hard to hate. But I still hate Arsenal. Like, mm-hmm. I want to get that out there, okay? I got that off my chest. I'm done praising him. But I do have sympathy for him, you know? So how badly is that going to hurt Arsenal if they lose so Alexis? So bad. Dude, that's their best player. Right, yeah. That's their best player by a long shot, even mm-hmm. with the, even with Lacazette coming in. Not yeah, that's even, not even it close. Even, it pales in comparison to the importance of Alexis Sanchez. Um, you know, it's funny. He demanded rumored, obviously he demanded 400,000 a week yeah. to stay at Arsenal. Arsenal's improved contract was like, I didn't even, I don't even I think, think it, was, it hit three. I think, yeah, it was, it was like, like 275 something, yeah, something like, that. like that. 
So that's a joke. Uh-huh. I mean, that's just if that's not a slap in the face. It just I don't shows know like how on completely different pages these two parties are right I now. I feel like Alexi Sanchez is a type of guy to leave Arsenal and then leave like a banana peel right under Arsene Wenger's <laughs> chair in his office. So when he like scoots out, he just slips and falls. Like I, I feel like he's gonna, he's definitely gonna burn a lot of bridges if he moves. But you know, this is this is another thing. And if and if you're if you're Arsenal, then please take my advice. Do not sell him to another fucking title contender. Like that Unless is it's us. That is the dumbest thing you could <laughs> possibly do. You're going out and you're spending fifty three million on a striker. You're gonna have to try and win the title. You're not spending. You're not spending chump change. You're spending a lot, a shit ton of money. Yeah, do but do not sell your best player to the team that's tipped to win the title. Next but at the year. same time, I don't want to see Alexi Sanchez's talent wasted on a team like Arsenal in the next couple of years. I mean, no, they're not going. Him- that's the thing. Let them waste the talent on Arsenal. They're going to be stuck in the same fourth, fifth, As sixth a Chelsea place. fan, I agree with you. As a soccer fan, I want to see him play. But you're right. As a Chelsea fan, I, I don't want to see him play. I, I, he's stuck, him stuck on <laughs> Arsenal, that would be that would be way better for no, us. You know, and, and this, and this kind of goes back to my rant last week that I had about Matic going to Man United. You know, why would you sell one of your best players – to a title rival to improve their squad mm-hmm. like that is just it's it's beyond me mm-hmm. like and and and, and you know I, I was complaining from a chelsea perspective now from an arsenal perspective if you're an arsenal fan why the fuck would you want your club selling your best player to man city oh yeah nobody's gonna be on board with that if if Kroenke decides to to you know give banger the reins and let him pull the trigger on sending alexis to man city it's game over for Fanger. I'll tell yeah. you right now, he won't last till Christmas, with or without results, just by losing their best player. I mean, that's how important he is to the team. So obviously, losing Alexis would would kill their chances. Yeah, losing Ozil, that's gonna hurt as well. He's he's hard to replace. It'll hurt, um, but I don't think there's. Um, I think the number ten, the the traditional number ten, mm-hmm. is phasing itself out in soccer. I think the game's just adapting. So like interesting. Um, okay. I think I think the game is adapting to where, you know, a number ten is really turning into a number so, eight, more of a box to box midfield role mm-hmm. who could also play in a free attacking role when they have possession. So like I mean I mean the best example I could kind of use is the way Pep Guardiola used uh, David Silva and Kevin De Bruyne this season. He played him in front of a defensive mid and gave him a free role, but they also had defensive responsibilities. If you've ever watched Arsenal, Mesut Ozil is easily the laziest player I have ever seen in my life. Defensively, he does not even try. Mm-hmm. Um, offensively, I mean, you get a lot from him, right? You get the range of passing. Yeah, he has, he's, he's good from set pieces. But but you could go but you could go out and buy that. I mean, if you could flip him and turn a profit, if he's not going to renew his contract, then fine. But here's the thing, I don't think he's I don't think he's going to turn down a contract renewal. No. I think he's gonna stay because if he leaves Arsenal, what's next for him? He's been on the decline the past couple of years. He's definitely yeah. not the same level yeah. he was when he started Arsenal or when he was at Real. He's not. He's not the same player. No. And 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 a lot of people get it twisted, and a lot of people think, oh well, he's a perfect number ten. No, he, not really. He is. He's a great number ten, but like, as you said, the number ten is starting to phase out. It's completely faded systems. out. Wenger played with a three four three. Against us in the FA Cup. Yeah, that, that won't work. He just picked up Kolasinac. Uh-huh. That's another wing back. It looks like he's going to stick with the three at the back. Where do you play Ozil? Unless you play with a five midfielder set. 
you know, are, where else are you going to play him? He just doesn't fit in that system. But yeah. he's going to stay because they need that marquee signing and Wenger needs to save himself. You know, he needs a fallback. You know, in a couple months when the rumors start coming around, you know, Wenger out, which they will. Because they, <laughs> always, they always do. Every year, every year every they week. do. Yeah. He's going to go, oh, Le Yeah, he's going to go and he's going to bitch and moan about how well he did to re-sign Ozil. But then we're all going to say, oh, well, you sold Alexi Sanchez to Man City. So go fuck off. Well, how about, let's talk a little bit about Ox. And oh, whether, yeah. whether getting rid of him will hurt them or actually help them out. So, you know, they're Alex Oxley Chamberlain, you know, he, he does want more playing time. Um he does want to fit into their into their uh starting eleven. You're a fan of his? In terms of his Just actual as a soccer player. ability as a player. Yeah. Yeah. I would love for Chelsea to go after him. Mm-hmm. Especially if we can nab him for like, you know, twenty five or thirty million, which I think is doable. But the only thing is well Arsenal yeah, kinda of over him, but Warson will sell him. So like he would he would do really really good at wing back, but we already have a player who's literally exactly the same as him in terms of physicality and pace, technical ability. It's Victor Moses, right? Yeah. Um, I think it'd be I think it'd be interesting if we got him, but I don't think we are. I think I honestly think he's he's bound to go to another English club. Um, I could see him. I could honestly see him playing at Liverpool. I think that'll be a perfect fit for him. He seems like a he seems like such a good uh Jurgen Klopp player, you know. He's he works he works very hard off the ball. Mm-hmm. He's he's great for counterattacking. Um but then again, you know, he wants playing time. And if he goes to Liverpool, if he goes to any of the other big six teams, he's not gonna start. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe Everton. I'm I'm kind of over the Ox hype. He he was hyped up when he was young and I you know, he was supposed to be the next big guy, super athletic, quick. I mean I'm not buying into it. Like he is an incredible athlete, but I don't think he'll have the right mindset to succeed. I don't know. I mean, he's been playing at Arsenal, so he needs, he, he's not. He's, he was really set up for failure, but <laughs> he needs to stay healthy too. And yeah, that's a big thing. He gets hurt a lot. Exactly. Um, we'll I, see though. I mean, yeah, it's 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 still remains to be seen. If you're asking me as a Chelsea fan, do you hope out of all these players, who would you be happiest to see leave Arsenal? And I'm telling you right now, Alexi Sanchez and Hector Bellerin. As long as they're not going to like a competitor, get him, get Alexi Sanchez out of the Premier League. Yeah, that what send you're him saying, to the Bundesliga. Right? Send him to Bayern. He'll fit in perfectly oh. with that team. Wow, yeah, that would be fantastic. Him be the, oh, man. Wow, yeah, yeah, that's some good chemistry going yeah, on. That team would be really nice. Um, so you're thinking that Wenger's going to continue being a saggy piece of rotten garbage and. He's Just always he, going to be a saggy piece. Of he's going to continue so. mimicking Chelsea's three four three system, right? Oh yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Imitation is the biggest form of flattery, right? As I'll, exactly, and yeah. you know what? And that's such a good point because Everton tried to play three at the back against us, and it didn't work. Yeah, we talked about that. That's a Ronald. Bit. Co- yeah, that was really funny. That's Ronald Koeman. Mm-hmm. Mauricio Pochettino moved to a back three. Arsene Wenger moved to a back three. At times, Pep Guardiola tried playing with a back three. I mean, what what is it about Chelsea that allows us to make that? It, like, because I, I mean, that that three four three requires a lot of discipline, a ton of discipline. Yeah. But it's literally all coaching. I mean, the three four three isn't isn't necessarily a system where it, it actually. I take that back. It is the right system to express yourself offensively. But it's also a system that's very structured defensively, uh-huh. more so than other systems. You know, it's very simple. When when you're on defense, 
you know, your your two wingers drop into the midfield and your two wingbacks drop into the defense. So you literally have a line of five, a line of four, mm-hmm. and a line of one. Um, and that's, I mean, that's almost impenetrable. And it showed this past season, right? Yeah. Towards the end of the season, you know, we, we were leaking in goals here and there, but, you know, we pretty I much had the just relaxing because more of a one-off. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is the biggest form of flattery yet. And and going back to your question, will Wenger be a saggy piece of rotten garbage mm-hmm. and mimicking R three four three? Yeah, he will <laughs> because he won the FA Cup using it, and there is honestly no reason for him not to use it. That's I mean, fine. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I like you said, soccer is adapting. It's complete. It's it's changing. Mm-hmm. You know, those like players that can play multiple positions is in higher demand than ever before. And I mean, playing three at the back is the big thing now, right? Yeah. I mean, remember when Mourinho came into the league and he showed everyone the four-two-three-one that Christmas tree formation, mm-hmm. and then everyone started using it. Mm-hmm. Same thing. That system's kind of fading out. You know, the four-three. We're seeing a lot more four-three-three, and we're seeing a lot more three at the back, a three-five-two or three-four-threes, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's just the way the Premier League's adapting. But I think. You know, the only person that should be taking credit for that is Antonio Conte. Yeah. So, where? How do you predict Arsenal will finish this season? Um, fifth or sixth. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna. I, I don't think they've added enough to their squad right now. So just same, to, same to be a legit competitor. Year, huh? They're gonna do the same thing they do every year. They're gonna fly through the league up until about Christmas time. And then they're going to wind up dropping off because Wenger, one, doesn't know how to rotate the squad. And two, he didn't add enough to, to, to you know, contend for the league. Do you think Arsenal fans take more shit than any other fan? And I think they eat more shit than <laughs> any other fans. No, but seriously, oh, yeah. it's because they, they ask for it, though. Like, they literally do. There's a lot of bonehead moves, a yeah. lot of characters on their team that warrant the disrespect that we give them. I mean, I don't feel bad for it. I'm just asking if... If I'm, you I'm think gonna, that they get more shit. I'm going to put a little plug in here. If you've never watched Arsenal Fan TV on YouTube, I urge you, please go watch Comedy it. Comedy gold, huh? It's literally <laughs> some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen in my life. I mean, and we're, and let's be clear, we're not laughing with them, right? It's no, we're at, laughing at okay, them. Just like, make, like, okay. Like, you know... They're gonna Arsenal's gonna suck and they're gonna suck for a long time. I mean, if there's when I was writing the script and I was you know writing the part about Arsenal, um, I'm like, oh, well, what should my main point be? And it was easy. Well, I'm just gonna say Arsenal's gonna suck and they're gonna suck for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what's gonna happen this season. I mean, they're probably gonna finish somewhere in fourth or fifth. They won't finish higher than that. They won't finish higher than Liverpool with the, with the addition of Mo Salah on that team, which we're gonna be talking about soon. They're not going to finish above City or United or us. Tottenham as well. They're, they're they they can easily fall out of Champions League. They're again. a team that has not like it's never hasn't been in title contention for a while, and they're kind of remaining stagnant. They're making moves that they're going backwards. Exactly. Either anything, they're going yeah, backwards. they make a move that makes them better, and then they make a move that makes them worse. It's mm-hmm. like two steps forward, one step back. Yeah. I mean, other way around, one step forward, two steps back for them. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's... I mean, we've we've talked about Arsenal. They're as much a shit as we show, can. and they know it. So that's all I have to say about them. How about we get into a shenanigans section? Yeah, I'm you down. know that's my favorite. My brain, my brain kind of hurts. So <laughs> it sounds like a good idea to me. Yeah, this to all to talk about Arsenal's dumb me down a little bit. <laughs> Let's get into the first question. This one, I really like this one a lot. You know, 
we we are Chelsea soccer podcast, but if you haven't noticed by now, we do bring up some references to the NBA. You know, we we're big basketball fans. Huge. So, which player do you think on Chelsea would succeed in the NBA the best? Um, Thibaut Courtois. Mm-hmm. He's an NBA fan. He goes to a lot of games. Oh, really? I actually didn't you, know that. And, and have you seen the videos of him dunking? No. I mean, like I can believe it though. Like, like on his uh, on his Instagram, he posted he posted um, some stuff on his Instagram of him dunking, and like mm-hmm. you know, like you think to yourself, like, oh yeah, the guy's six six, he can dunk. Mm-hmm. You know, whoop de do. He gets up, dude. He actually gets up pretty high. I mean, if you're covering a whole goal, like you gotta be athletic, you gotta be yeah. quick. That lot, he's definitely got the lateral movement to defend. And he's and the most important position in the NBA right now is like the wing, and he's perfect size for that. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of him literally being just a high fly slasher act. That's it. Mm-hmm. I don't see him being anything more. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a tough question because I don't know how he'll how, be a good shot blocker. Yeah, definitely. He'll definitely be a good shot blocker. My my, my player would be Kurt Kurzuma, and. It's it's just because of how athletic he is. Yeah, I mean, again, like, it's kind of a tough question because I've never seen any of these guys play basketball. I don't know the skill required, but I can just see him bringing the ball down the court by himself and just throwing down a mean tomahawk, like, just cranking it back and wow. Like, so, like a Russell Westbrook kind of player, honestly. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, with Kurt Zuma... That's literally all he'll be in the NBA, right? But like you see him, you see him like come onto the field, you know, when he gets subbed on or when he plays, and he's easily the biggest guy on the pitch, right? Yeah. In the NBA, he's a small two guard. Yeah, he's he'll probably play point guard. He's, yeah. That's just how big the rest of the NBA is. But I could definitely see him playing on an NBA team. Uh, if he had, if 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 you had to pick a Chelsea player, you yeah, could see I, him playing on an NBA team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So next question. This one's this I, one's, I, I kind of like this. This one. one I like a lot. Yeah. So if you could take any soccer player in the world, not just Chelsea, you can take any soccer player. Take one single ability that they have. So not and, like so you're not talking about like, like oh you, I would take Cristiano's goal scoring. No, ability. that's too gen- that's it, too specific. You got to too generalize. Yeah, I'm sorry, that's too general. We got you got to pick something more specific. Exactly. Okay, so like so okay. and you got it something that you I mean, we're not soccer players like. Just something that we would use in everyday life. Okay. So who would it be and what what ability would it be? You, you can answer first. Mm, this is a good one. Um, now, I know this is going to kind, sound kind of out there, right? But I will take uh, – I'd probably take Neymar's um, techers, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, when he's <laughs> juggling and stuff. Like, do you know how cool it would be to, like, be in a grocery store and, like, oh, I dropped my can of chicken noodle soup. Mm-hmm. No problem. I'll just sombrero it over this aisle back into my car. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, I think that would be kind of a cool ability to have. Yeah. And also, like, if you're walking around the house and you drop the remote or if you spill something on the floor, you literally don't have to bend over to pick it up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you could just kind of flick it, it back up. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just catch it. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of like the equivalent of the force for soccer. You know <laughs> it, what I mean? It's going to save about? your back years and years of stress from having to bend, not having to bend over to pick up anything. I haven't again. bend over at all. <laughs> yeah, so you never. I won't have to be doing any of it. Yeah, uh, hopefully. Uh, and then, <laughs> for me, I think my answer. There's there's a def, there's a big explanation for this, but I pick Luis Suarez, 
and his ability to die. And his ability to die. Not, not bite. There's definitely <laughs> Well, I think I'd have they both have to come together because it's kind of a give and take, you know. There's always the yin and yang of life. You yeah. can't always have the good. It you comes know? with the territory. So I'll, I'll, you know, with with his ability to dive, like I can walk into any fine establishment, trip and act like I just severely tore my ACL and I'm a I'm on, yeah. you know, the fringe of dying. Yeah. I can, you know, sue them and get some, you know, damages oh. for negligence. You know. Oh, so Dam- that's what you're talking. Exactly. About. You know, all these lawsuits coming, but I'm probably gonna have a couple of assault lawsuits pending for biting people. So, you know, like I said, the yin and yang of life, you got to take the good with the bad. So you're going to use it for immoral acts. Well, I mean, I, like you, you used it for more of like a entertainment thing. I was thinking more practical. Like my, how mine, am I going to make mine, the most mine money? Was practical. Yeah. I mean, like just this morning I dropped the remote and I had to bend over to pick it up. If I had Neymar's footwork ability, I would be able to pop it back up on my foot and flick it back up into my hand. Yeah, I was thinking what I could benefit the most from. Like, if I can make a good amount of money using that ability. Like, I can't think of any other ability that would make me more money except, like, if I were to take someone's ability to become an amazing soccer player. But that's not the question. No, no. We're talking about everyday life. So yeah. you would you would just, like... You would be walking. I mean, he's down. the he's the goat. You, you would do be, you know anybody else who's better at selling fake contact than Luis Suarez? I mean, I know I don't know anybody worse than selling fake contact than <laughs> Luis Suarez too, though. But so so like you would be walking down a street and accidentally bump into the back of a poor old man who's walking slower. Of course than you, not. I mean, how much on money? The floor and pretend like you know you just got stabbed in the heart. Of course not. How much money can I get out of a poor old man? I gotta go to these big corporations. You gotta go good. Of course. Uh, yeah. So, okay. I go so to Walmart. Talking, you know. You know how much money Walmart is worth. Yeah. So you're it's talking a lot like of a, money, you're man. talking like a slip and Jimmy type thing for all like the better call soft. Oh yeah, it's definitely. We're gonna pull a slip and slip and Jimmy scam. <laughs> and yeah, I hurt my back at the guitar store. Okay, so store. you're gonna be like, hey Zach, go walk into that supermarket and accidentally spill some orange juice on the floor, and I'm gonna go walk ten seconds after you slip on it. Boom, dude! Lawsuit coming. Lawsuit coming. Wall Walmart's gonna go. Yeah. They're gonna go out of business, man. I'm That's gonna take one. all their money. That's a, I'm I'm kind of impressed actually. Yeah, I mean, you, can, you can, if you want, you can take you can take the same ability as me. I'm not. No, I'm not gonna no. hog it. I mean, I mean, I'm just trying to think of like other abilities that like are just as good. Like, imagine if you had Ryan Shawcross's ability to break other people's bones. Like, you could literally talk shit to anybody in the world, and know that you could just snap their leg in half. You know, go on cleats up. Yeah, and I think that's the perfect place to end this podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before it gets too violent. Well. Sam, I think we covered a lot today, right? Yeah. Um, so I apologize again for my hoarse voice and the energy not being up so much. Oh yeah. I'm a little under the weather, but I next time, you. next time, I guarantee you, Sam will be a little bit more flamboyant. Am I right, Sam? Chipper, yeah. Very. There we go. So if you like the pod or hated it, let us know via Twitter at Romans Empire Pod or email us at Romans Empire Pod at gmail.com. Um, until then, we'll see you next week and keep the blue flag flying high.